Question of the day. Which iconic leading lady from Girlfriends are you? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I was... I just started watching the whole show. I all know. Over. It's just so funny that you asked me, me that. Me too. I'm on like season three. No, I, girl, no. I'm on season one right now. Like That's I just, okay. You can start. still get a taste for their personalities again. I know. Yeah. I've seen the <laughs> whole thing. Um, I would say, ooh, um. <laughs> Wait, so I'm trying to think. So my, uh, what's her personality like again? I can't remember. Maya is, um, so she's super committed. She's in a committed relationship. So she's like usually really trustworthy. Um, she's funny. She always has like a comeback. She's real snappy. She is. I wouldn't I say that. you're Maya because you're not snappy. Yeah, um, I think so. But she's really funny, snappy, always has like a good comeback. Um, a look I'm at her. Because like she don't have her life together. So <laughs> I know who I'm not. <laughs> uh, okay. And then I guess it would just be like, who are you more so like? You know, it doesn't have to be exactly everything. It's probably maybe. a mix. Um of oh. Joan. Cause Joan, like from a career standpoint, like Joan's very career oriented. And right mm-hmm. now, I ain't got shit else to do. So <laughs> that's yeah. me. But then Tony, <laughs> Tony, I have some Tony characteristics also. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I can see a mix of them. Mm-hmm. I would say my person is probably Maya and Lynn. But the only thing is my personality because Maya is like kind of snappy. I feel like I'm kind of snappy sometimes. And um, I usually like to make people laugh. And um, she's like, I said, she's very like trustworthy and loyal. Like that's her. But she like from a career standpoint, no. Um, And the kid, you know, that whole thing. But from just being like a funny person and like, you know, always kind of being snappy and like always, you know, trying to make people laugh. Yeah, Lynn more so from a free spirited standpoint and kind of like has <laughs> her hands in a lot of different things and like mm-hmm. as, as it relates to learning different subjects. So I'm not as free as Lynn, but I could definitely see myself in that as well. Yeah, um, I can see those. So, so a good mix of those two. But I can't really see you with Tony because Tony, I like Tony, but Tony was a hoe. And she was no, materialistic. No, so not from that <laughs> So Tony and, is funny to be. Like, she hurt. She's just funny. She's so funny uh, to me. So only from that aspect. So, yeah. Just okay. Like, yeah, I was no, like, I can't see Tony because Tony, <laughs> Tony, I loved her. She's funny. She kept, she kept it fresh, but exactly. she's like, she's like real. She's a hoe. Yeah, and, no, uh, I'm not a Tony in that way. So thank you for acknowledging that best friend. <laughs> nope. And uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay, cool. <laughs> she's very self-serving. Like, so I was she's like, Okay. No, she's just funny, just from a funny aspect. That's why I said I have some Tony characteristics. The funny no, stuff. That's it. I agree. I got you. Okay. Mm-hmm. So see, our two our two characters are like on opposite sides of the spectrums, which is funny. <laughs> yep. All right. Question <laughs> of the day. Oh, I wonder if anybody would ever say they're William. Because William is a girlfriend. I don't care what nobody say. William is like categorized as a girlfriend. Low and high key. <laughs> he just is, but he yeah. He is. Mm-hmm. Okay. Question of the day. Welcome to episode 23 of A Thin Line Between Life and What the Fuck, the podcast. We're your host. I'm Desiree. <laughs> and I'm CK. <laughs> hey, guys. Welcome back um, to another week. Um, if you don't know, today is November 3rd, so hopefully your bitch asses have voted. Wow, that was harsh. Okay. Wow. 
Hopefully, you guys have voted. Today is the last day. Well, okay. this comes out. They no, that's why I said today. I don't president. care. I don't care. Maybe, maybe not. This could be like a 2000 election, you bro. Are on one. Continue. Go ahead. <laughs> maybe not. You never know it with old maybe. Chump Trump. <laughs> you don't know. But anyway, hey, guys. Sorry. That was my Gemini, the bad Gemini side. Hi, guys. Today, we are talking um, the importance of unlearning, which is. Very relevant um, at all times. Well, it's relevant for people who want to grow. For those of you guys who don't want to grow, you may not connect to this um, episode. <laughs> but for people who want to grow and not be stagnant and continue to learn and evolve and boss up, this is the episode for you. Okay, so we're talking about unlearning. And so this is interesting because I um, personally probably like the last, I don't know, I feel like I went on, I embarked on the spiritual journey. I don't know, maybe like. Maybe the last three years, like seriously, um, and there was just so much discovery and understanding of like you know learned behavior from childhood, from my childhood, from my parents unintentionally, from my family, uh, from my relationships that I had to unlearn and just kind of sit with and really understand. You know, this is really not how I think. This is just what I was taught to think, um, yep. and so. That was a um, a challenging journey. Like, unlearning is hard, and it's something I'm still doing today. Um, and I know we'll get into that, but I know one of your questions, Des, that you had is, which do you think is more important, learning when you're younger or unlearning when you're older? Mm-hmm. And I think for me, um, of course, I want to be a parent, and I think it's going to be really important for me to kind of establish that for my kids at a young age. Yep. And I feel like if they're set up for success, and what I mean set up for success, if they're able to, you know, think creatively, have their own opinions, um, not be, so if I'm not like projecting what I wanted to do in my life on them, for example, if I'm not putting them into gym gymnastics classes because I wish I were better, or if I'm not putting them into like debate classes because I wanted to be an attorney, like naturally allowing them to see what interests them. Um, that's just one example. Um, but I think it's important as parents to allow your children to be who they are and, 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 you know, form their own thoughts and ideas about the world and have just a, a really open perspective of the world without you projecting your own personal opinions on them. And I know that's something that's probably really, really hard, but for me, it's just more difficult as you get older to unlearn things. Um, and it can like just jeopardize a lot and it, it can just take you on a journey that you really just don't even have to go on. If you just have parents that allow you to be who you are. Shit. And so Mm -hmm. to me, being more conscious myself, what I feel will help me as I become a parent to not project and put things on my kids. Yeah. Um, For me, it's funny because I posed the question and I don't have a straight answer for it. Okay. Um, But (laughs) but I agree (laughs) with what you said, definitely. So for me, it was both. Like, when I was trying to think about which one's more important, my initial reaction was to go with younger so you don't have to course correct. But then mm-hmm. as you get older, you realize that you're going to have to continuously course correct. It's not even like avoid learning these things so I don't have to course correct. Like you're going to continuously learn things whether you want to or not, just being in certain environments. So for me, it was both were really important. Ideally, um, like what you said, if you can – contribute to somebody who's younger, um, contribute to them being on the right path and learning the right things when they're younger. That's awesome. So you can mm-hmm. instill it in them and you know, all that. So, but as we grow up, mm-hmm. we learn that we're going to be placed in environments. We are going to be put ourselves in environments and situations where you learn things you might not have intended on learning, um, or you learn, you you know, you're around people with different mindsets, so it influences you. So, yeah, yeah. um, that's kind of where the other side of my answer comes in, where it's also really, really important to know how to and when to 
unlearn things Mm -hmm. um, that you may have either intentionally or unintentionally kind of by association learned. Because it's always going to be that because we can't always choose the information that you, you know, learn, if that makes sense. No, absolutely. Yeah, I think both are important. No, that makes a lot of sense. And then I think it's important, too, to understand that unlearning isn't about forgetting, you know, what you already know or what you've already learned. It's more so just about, like, acknowledging what you know and actively choosing a different way of looking at it. And so, like you said, it's something that we're all – I know when I first read about unlearning and I just felt it was just so much stress and pressure and I was like, I'm never going to fucking think differently and, like, this Mm -hmm. is how I was raised and, oh, this is so hard and I was having, you know – it's just it's it's just a lot on your mental when you have to do it as you're older. I do think you are going to consistently evolve as a person, but I don't know if I necessarily agree that you would continuously always have to unlearn if you've been taught to to be a person who has free thoughts, free opinions who is removed from biases from your upbringing. I don't know if I think you'll always have to be unlearning things. I don't know. That's an interesting perspective, and I do understand what you're saying. But I think more so, I would say you're constantly having to evolve. And maybe, I mean, you always have to grow in your perspective and change. Right, so you're going to continue to learn. But the person who's Mm -hmm. teaching you, you're going to learn from their perspective. And as Mm -hmm. you grow you're going to maybe learn that the way that you were taught was not the right way. So you have to mm. unlearn. You know okay. what I'm saying? No, so from the, yeah, I see. As you continue to learn, you have to also continue to unlearn because not all the things you learn are going to line up and not all of them are going to hold true as you get older or you progress in different areas of your life either. That's what I was saying. No, I got you. No, that, that makes sense. That makes sense. I think mm-hmm. – um, I think something of something and this is kind of I know where I'm not I'm definitely not going on our um <laughs> our agenda but something that um I'm gonna ask you the question too like what is something and you may have said this that was really important or what was the most difficult thing that you had to unlearn and if I think through that growing up um like I as you know was really close with my dad and I was always labeled as the sweet child. I was always the child that, oh, if no one else loves me, she's going to love me. Oh, if she's just so sweet and so kind and all of this. And so that programmed me to be that way because I saw that I was getting gratification and I was getting recognition for being sweet. Hmm. And so through my life, as I've grown up and I've learned, I don't know, over the course of the last five years, um, my partner brought to my attention that I wanted to be glass case CK or I had a white fancy towel syndrome. And what that means is I didn't want any stains on my towel. You know how you go to the like the um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you go to the restaurants and they have like the white cloth and you don't Mm want to like wipe your mouth with that. Or even you go to like a high end like hotel and they have a really luxe, beautiful white towels and you don't want to like stain those. And so I learned that throughout my life, I had always been told like, oh, she's so, she's a sweet child. She's, you know, like goody two shoes in a sense, just for lack of a better way to describe it right now. Mm-hmm. And that stuck with me my entire life. And I've always tried to present myself as someone who's sweet. And what that has gotten me is people who take advantage of that and run over you and take advantage of your kindness. And so I thought I found myself forgiving a lot of people for things that, you know, I may should have thought twice about or, you know, not allowing the same people to come back into my life. I was over forgiving if that's a thing. And that stemmed from always wanting to be the person that was perceived as sweet and nice and will always love you unconditionally. And so that was really hard for me to unlearn because that was basically the DNA of who I was my entire life. Um, And then of course with my dad, you know, dying like he did, it always stuck with me to forgive people and to like, never, like you never know what's going to happen. So, Mm -hmm. you know, always be the bigger person or always, you know, and that was, I mean, that's not how I am now. <laughs> I mean, I am, I think genuinely I'm just a nice person, period. And forgiving, forgiving people is just something I'm going to do. But I'm definitely, I have boundaries in place. But that was really hard to unlearn because it was hard to see myself in a light that I always wanted to be perceived as something mm-hmm. that I may not have been. 
So that was tough for me. That was tough. That's interesting, though, because that's not the first time that I've heard someone share a story about how what people said to them, Mm -hmm. literally just words, what people said to them when they were younger, really, really, really influenced not only how they were, but how they perceived themselves. Like, you're not the first person. And I think I shared it on on a previous episode, like a minute ago, like one of our earlier episodes about how someone shared a story and it was the opposite of yours. So- Mm how like everyone called you sweet and it it made you want to become that way. Um, they called this person bad. They were mm. bad all the time. Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, similar to your story, they became kind of like that way a little mm-hmm. bit, you know, like mm-hmm. not a bad person, but like bad one, but like, Oh my God, they bad. They run around, they climb trees, you know, do, do boy stuff. Mm-hmm. was really, really what it was. Um, with some, you know, behavior issues in there too kid stuff but right that translated the same way it turned up in your life whereas like it made you kind of go down that road it kind of pushed this person down that road but in you see both sides it's interesting being in my position listening to your story have heard their story and I'm like dang that words can really influence you on both the positive aspect and a negative. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I feel like listening to both y'all's stories and knowing both y'all's stories is almost like the moral is like words, what you say to kids when they're younger or people in general, but specifically to your point earlier about instilling things in them when they're younger, that shit really makes a difference. And you yeah. have prime examples like Chelsea's story, the story that someone shared, you know, with me, um yeah that should really makes a difference yeah it does which is probably why my um love language too is words of affirmation <laughs> i mean it just all comes full circle mm-hmm. when you that, think yeah, it. it makes so much sense mm-hmm. it all comes full circle so yeah so what's the what's the toughest thing you've had to unlearn you don't have to go and you can share as much or as little as you'd like but just what was the toughest thing um i, I mean off the top of my head I would say, because an example that I always use is selfishness. So I'm an only child. So <laughs> naturally, we're kind of selfish. Mm-hmm. And I say kind of because there's different degrees of being selfish. Mm-hmm. Um, and from in my situation, I was not raised to share. I didn't have anybody to share with. So, you know, so my, my parents were never like, oh, let's teach you how to share. Like, that was never a thing that lesson was never taught because mm-hmm. I never had to share. So when Christmas came around, it was all, you know, the, the whole perception as a kid, was this is all for me. Everything yeah. under the tree is mine, except for those two gifts that I wrapped. <laughs> like that's right. it. Um, My birthday, mine, you know, there was no one else's birthday to celebrate, just my parents. And mm-hmm. so everything was either mine or my parents. Every yeah. decision was mine or my parents. I never had to go, Hey, sister brother think (laughs) it didn't matter because I ain't got one you know so um Mm -hmm. I was never taught that just just the it wasn't that I was taught like don't share I would just that whole lesson itself was just omitted from Mm -hmm. my childhood yeah um my parents like "Eh, doesn't need that one and you know it kept it moving so that really kind of manifested in my life and showed up at like, as when I got older. So um, I always tell people that I really didn't realize that me being selfish was even a thing until mm-hmm. I seriously started dating like outside of high school and all that. Like had my own stuff and had a boyfriend in college, and that nigga was trying to share stuff, and I was like, <laughs> "What you mm-hmm. mean? <laughs> mm-hmm. This is mine. This is yours." period and but then I started observing so back to like learning stuff without even realizing or signing yourself up for learning it I started being in environments where I was around people and I would see them sharing and it was like oh shit okay and of course just naturally myself I want to like I'm all about reciprocity so if you do something for me, I'm like, oh, I definitely y'all have to make sure I show up for you, you know? Mm-hmm. So when I started seeing that, I was like, okay, all right, cool. And then even with my boyfriend then, I was like, okay, I don't want to just make him be the only person who's sharing and buying this for me, you know, whatever. 
And I was like, okay. So I started then. It was that experience in that time in my life where I was like, I have to shift. I can't stay like this. Nice. Like, this is not okay. And I'm seeing that it's not okay because there are people around me. And I love how their relationships look because they do share. Like they right. do, you know, that, that line is blurred. So there's not really a mine in yours type of thing. So, yeah, that was probably the hardest thing just because, like you, it was ingrained in me when I was younger, not because anybody told me, but because somebody didn't tell me. Mm -hmm. So um, it was just my way of being as a a kid. And it wasn't until I put myself in situations where I realized that, okay, just that ain't normal. So it's it's funny now because nowadays people meet me and I get it a lot. People are like, you don't seem like an only child. You don't act like one. That's what that's, that's what they usually say. You don't act like an only child. I'm like, what does that even mean? You and they're like, I mean. usually they say. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yep. oh, okay. But that's so far removed from me now. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, mm-hmm. I get what you're saying. I get it. And it's so interesting because I intentionally worked on that. So now people, but people don't know that. But now it's funny because I see it and people are like, oh, you don't act like an only child. I'm like, yes. <laughs> so that was my hardest thing for sure ah, you're excited now when you hear that yeah mm-hmm. no that's interesting I know you you talked about um like you know how your relationships and like as a kid and all of that and I think what's interesting for me is I feel like I unlearned or I, I was forced to unlearn mostly in like not in my like friendships or platonic relationships. It was more so in like companionship and partnership is where I was forced to unlearn things, which is interesting. So I don't know if you would like agree that those are the times where you were challenged the most Mm -hmm. to think differently. Um, I think that in combination, like just being older and forming your own opinions and mm -hmm. clashing with your parents, that was my big one too. So me and my mom are very different, which you know, and Mm -hmm. we clashed on a lot of things. And it wasn't until that started happening more where I was like, oh, I'm being my own person. Look at me. Right. So it was both of those for me. You know, what's really interesting. um, I I was talking to, I was talking to somebody there. I don't remember who we were talking about this and like a common thing that a lot of women have to unlearn is the fact that marriage and kids are a must. And I had to bring it up, bro, because I struggle with that. I don't know if you struggle with that. Um, Mm -hmm. Struggled ED, guys, ED. Um, Mm -hmm. Because I don't struggle with that anymore. But um, for so long, I attached so much of my word to being a wife or a mother. And it had to be done by a certain age. And that's because from birth, and I don't know if that's real, but women are literally taught being a wife and being in love is like the holy grail like not your career or not being an individual or not being you know whatever it's Mm -hmm. being a wife and a mother is the only pathway to happiness and completion and so for me for a very long time that was my belief And the way in which I viewed the world and the way in which I reacted to the world was, you know, very much that. And so it wasn't until, I don't know, maybe like 2017 when I I had a a crumbling of my world where I was like, wow, like, even if I'm like engaged, married, bro, if I'm not happy with myself, I'm not going to be happy. This is like all a lie. (laughs) This is like my whole life. I thought, oh, when you get the ring or oh, when you have a kid, you'll be happy. No. Like, that is one thing I had to unlearn. And I'm just curious. I mean, I'm just curious about your thoughts. I don't know if you've had that similar struggle or I just don't understand why it's that way. I think more so now as the world continues to evolve, like women, small girls are empowered to be themselves and to follow their career, which is probably why we see so many of us that are older, like very career driven, very successful and not really in a rush to get married or have kids or even more so, we're making our own decisions. Do I want kids? Do I want them by 25 like I thought I did? No. What are your thoughts? Um, I agree. So that was a struggle for me as well at an early point in my life. Um, so a couple things. So 
I agree. Like, we're literally birthed and then almost, like, low-key turned around by the doctor program and given back to our parents <laughs> to, like, aspire to marriage mm -hmm. and all the things that the Beyonce song says. Mm -hmm. So, um, I, and you know, you see it even, like, when kids are little, like, little, little, little. You buy girls dolls and there's a Ken doll and there's a Barbie doll and there's a, you know what I'm saying? Like, Niggas, you go down the 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 aisle to buy boy toys. Mm -hmm. Ain't no ain't no Barbie doll. There's no. Ken, Ken's homeboys, Ken's uncle, Ken's Ken's job and co-workers. Ken ain't got no wife. No. Not on that aisle. Mm -mm. So, but our <laughs> aisle is set up very family oriented. Mm -hmm. Here's the kids, here's the Barbie. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's instilled. Yeah. So I think, I mean, that just starts to happen at a very young age because of the things that we surround our children with, mm -hmm. the things that we give them, the, the, the environment we put them in. You shove a Ken and Barbie doll in their face, they're going to want to aspire to be and have a Ken and Barbie life. Right. You shove a businesswoman in their face, they're going to aspire to want to be like that. Mm -hmm. you shove a barbie with straight blonde hair in their face they want straight blonde hair yep. you know what i'm saying so i think it's i think that's where it comes from um i had that same struggle and <laughs> i can't remember if we talked about this on the episode we talked so much about different things so there was a point in my life and I remember it vividly. And I don't know if this was like the turning point, which is why I remember it so vividly. There was a point in my life back when we were interning, uh, when I first met you, Chels. Mm -hmm. And I was at one of our colleagues' desk who worked at Walmart. Mm -hmm. And we were having a conversation. We were just having a conversation about life. And I don't know how the conversation came up as far as like what I wanted to do by when, you know, whatever. But sis, Chels, when I tell you, <laughs> I wrote it out on the board. Like, oh, wow. however old I was, I knew that by this age, I wanted to do this. By this age, I wanted to do this. I had it all mapped out. I think I had like 20, by 25, be married. By 30, I'm, I'm going to have all my kids. Like, I'm, I'm going to be done having kids by 30. Girl. Like, I had a whole plan. Girl. And now I look back and I'm like, that ain't what you want, sis. <laughs> God right. was looking out because that's not what you wanted. Right. Because even now at 30, I'm like, I still have stuff I want to do. Mm -hmm. My plans, I just, I just keep delaying them. So I don't know. I had to reach a certain point in my life where I was like, A, like you have to be real about it. Like you have to accept the fact that I might not accomplish this unrealistic ass goal that I set. Right. And then B, you get a little bit older and you're like, that shouldn't even be a damn goal. Like that, what? Like, this is not a goal. It just, it happens in life. This shouldn't be your goal. And that was my thought process. And then I was like, it's okay if I don't want what people shove in my face. Right. And I think that message really hit me when um, I had a conversation with one of my other friends and she was like, oh, I don't even want kids. And I was like, oh. <gasps> you don't want kids like that wasn't even a thing right like that I didn't even see that option on the Scantron like mm -hmm. that was it you know what I'm saying so when I just started to be exposed to people like diversity of thought is really what yep. I was exposed to yep um Absolutely. I was like wow okay little southern okay you ain't gotta okay you can expand your thought process you can expand your options yeah yes you can choose to not have kids if you want I want kids but you know what I'm saying like you do have other options just for life other routes you can take so I think I did struggle with that and then I was like nah because I'm really just stressing myself out trying to meet a timeline that doesn't even make sense like how mm -hmm. i know that's even meant for my life i'm trying to write my will when that's a whole other thing but you know so yeah yep. i struggle with that at some point too and i think it's because it's just thrown on us early early on what would you say um we talked about like this a little bit so i know i don't honestly have a ton we haven't talked about some like, unlearning and like relationships 
I don't, I cannot think of a ton of what I've had to unlearn in friendships, although I know there's something. I just can't think. <laughs> I just can't think of it. Oh, you know what? I lied. Friendships? I lied. Okay, go ahead, go I ahead. lied. So um, at some point I was, I learned like you got to be like a ride or die friend. Like you have to always be there for your friends. Girl, listen. So no. So listen, I have had friends and I'm sure I've been a draining friend at some point as well that it was like almost expected for me to carry the baggage that they carry. And I carried that shit for a long time, long time. I would know like that I didn't want to talk to this these particular friends because every time I did, it drained all my energy. But I do it anyway because I thought like, oh, I have to be a good friend. I have to always be there for my friends. So in like the last two years, I have had to unlearn that because I was so stressed out. Like my life may have been going okay at the moment, but the moment I talked to my friends, it was over with. My energy was low. I was anxious. I was depressed because I was living vicariously through them. Like I would take on their emotions as if they were mine. So I would say the important lesson I've had to learn in friendships is that it's it's good firstly to have boundaries and not to take on everyone's trauma, drama, and emotional baggage as your own. Hmm. That's a good one. Ooh, we. That's a good one. Yeah. 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 It, and it's a good one that I unlearned that shit because I will not answer the phone. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm not saying that to be mean. Like, I'm a good friend, but I'm going to always put myself first. That's what I'm saying. I prioritize myself and my mental health first. Because if I'm not mentally healthy, like, how can I help you? Like, really? I can't. Mm -hmm. That's real. That's just what it is. So what about you? Have you learned, like, anything that you had to – well, unlearned anything from, like, friendships? (laughs) Um, yes. Oh. So – Two in particular, one could kind of teeter the fence on relationships, but I think Mm -hmm. I'll put it more towards friendships. So one would be everybody is not in your life for the same purpose. Mm -hmm. At some point, everybody tried to treat all their friends the same. When I say that, I mean, you thought you could hit up Chelsea and the other person and the other person. They would all be down to go out every weekend. Mm -hmm. No, Chelsea's not for that. Chelsea's for going out to a happy hour to get something to drink and some food to catch up intimately versus take her to the club. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And it's, there's a growing up process a lot of people need to do. Right. And their thought about friendships, it's like, no, we're not. You're you're getting upset because your friends are saying no or they're leaving early. Sis, they wasn't supposed to be there. You wasn't even supposed to invite them like, or send the invite and know that they're going to say no. Mm-hmm. Either way, like you have to know which friends are for what. That's and good. that's good. Yeah, because it's like you got some friends that check most of the boxes, maybe, but not all of them. Mm-hmm. You got some friends that might check just one of them. And that's cool. But just respect how your friends want to be treated and used. So that's real unlearn holding everyone to the same expectation and learn that everyone it has a different reason for a different season. Mm-hmm. That's good. Um, That's actually a really good one. I had to learn that. Cause I was like, Ooh. Um, and then the other one would be unlearn that men and women can't just be friends <laughs> and learn the importance of diversity of thought. Mm-hmm. So, Mm-hmm. Now, when I say this, I don't mean, well, sis, you know, we dated back in the day. Y'all, okay, y'all probably maybe shouldn't have been friends in the first place. Mm-hmm. Y'all should have just left that where it was. <laughs> I mean, there can be true just male, female, platonic relationships. Mm-hmm. And, of course, if you hang out with somebody every day, you spend every waking second talking to them and, you know, whatever, you might grow more intimate connection. But assuming you're treating your friends like friends, Mm. y'all can just be friends. Like, Mm -hmm. y'all ain't got to be having sex or doing something on the low or have some hidden agenda. Like, y'all can really be friends. So, 
I'm a firm believer that males and females can strictly just be friends. I can name a few uh, male friends that I have that are strictly just my friends. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure you can. So I I love my male friends because they will really give you the real. Really? And women, that's what y'all need. With your, like, you just need it. Whether you have a brother or not, whether your dad's in your life or not, whether you have a cousin, a male cousin or not, whatever it is, y'all need a male friend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you do. And they don't have to necessarily be gay. Yeah, I have t- I have uh, several friends that are guys, and I would never, ever consider crossing a line with them, ever. Um, yeah. I- <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm going to say, because that- that's been my <laughs> personal experience. <laughs> yeah. But I did know- You have really good male relationships, too. Like- your male friends are dope, and I feel like they really add value. Like each other, like both of y'all add value to each other's life. Yeah, from a platonic standpoint, for real. I agree. No, for sure, I agree. So yeah, I, yeah, I had to unlearn that a little bit too because I've had some experiences that have just, um, kind of tarnished my thought process of men and women being friends. But then as I personalize it and think through my own personal relationships and how I have the ability to, you know, have friends. And like you said, they add value to my life and men are just honestly so real. They're not going to sugarcoat shit. So it's just a great balance. Um, So yeah, I agree. That's a really good one. I didn't even think about that one, but that is a great one. (laughs) Thanks, Chels. (laughs) <laughs> all right shit that's a good one okay we talked about relationships a little bit but i wait ha- oh wait i got some i was like don't don't go off of them because i got some go ahead oh no 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 i just have one um to unlearn bro that you have to <laughs> don't laugh Dave. it's the bro for me to, un- to unlearn that your partner is like your entire life like you can't have like you're a partner is like everything for you to you like everything you do has to be with your partner for your partner with your partner in mind oh my gosh vomit you can't have your own life you can't be an individual you can't love on you you don't know how to love yourself because you pour in love into your partner and not yourself that that is something that I had to unlearn and I know so many people can relate to that and it is probably one of the most important lessons that you will ever learn in partnership because I believe that truly successful relationships are two individuals who um, add value, as you said, I like that, and empower each other to be their own people and who um, praise and recognize individuality in their partners and who appreciate that people are able to be a whole human without you bro like I got my own Mm -hmm. friends I want to go eat by myself sometimes like I like being by myself sometimes honestly it's just good for me to refresh so like understanding that it's cool like I just want to be by myself sometimes yeah and being cool with that um I think that was something that was hella 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 important that's a good one because even on the flip side your friends don't want to see your nigga all the time <laughs> like, and vice versa. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. he probably don't want to see your friends. All the, like, damn, I don't want to be around all your friends, mm-hmm. but yeah, don't be that person. Y'all Please. Y'all can, you should be able to leave your partner and come back together and y'all still be okay. Yeah. I'll be good. Like, yes. I really, I like what you said about like being two whole ass people who come together. Like you should not, like that person figuratively maybe but like they should not complete you you should be whole when you meet that person yeah. and then continue to be whole continue to be your own person so yes because i will forever and always be my own person mm-hmm. yeah so um, you, you said you had some what are they i'm interested um so i would say in regards to relationships one that was I'm not going to lie. This one was tough. Like, tough. So, uh, I had to unlearn that the whole concept of we're meant to be because we both love each other. Mm, That's a good one. 
yes i had to unlearn that and i had to learn what's meant for me nobody can take away mm-hmm. and it'll find its way back to me if it's supposed to be and i you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. so i really had to unlearn the well we love each other like why is it not what do you mean it's not supposed to work what do you mean it's not going to work what do you mean we're not going to be married mm-hmm. like what do you mean it don't make sense we both love each other that ain't enough yeah, and i had to learn enough. that mm-hmm. it's not and so I really had to learn that what was meant for me, no one could take away and really walk in faith. And my life has been so much better because you can stress yourself out when you're trying to say, look, it's one plus one is two. It's one plus one is two. And it's going to drive you crazy because somebody over here is like, no, it's not. Right. It's not two today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's not. So definitely had to learn, learn that. Um. And the other one I would say is I had to unlearn the whole idea or concept of loving someone the way that I want to be mm-hmm. loved. That does not mean that that's what works for them. Mm-hmm. So that was a big one for me, too. Um, and I had to learn that there is a such thing as love languages that we talked about in one of our previous episodes. Mm-hmm. And that it's important and it's essential and damn near should be like a readiness assessment to get in a relationship with someone. Like if you want to have a healthy, functional relationship, learn the other person's love language and know that it's okay if y'all have different love languages. The important part is understanding theirs Mm -hmm. and them understanding yours and you treating them according to their love language and not your love language. Yeah. Because that can fuck it up. I'm trying to tell y'all that can fuck it up. (laughs) Somebody tried to love me their way and that didn't work. Right. Uh, No, that's a great one. And uh, yeah, it's just important to understand yourself, understand your partner and be able to, you know, meet them where they are and what they need without sacrificing yourself. I think that's important. Having balance. Having balance Mm -hmm. is essentially what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Those are good, Des. Okay. So what about corporate America? Like anything in work that you've had to unlearn or just shit, just anything as it relates to work. We talked about family a little bit, but um, I mean, it could be anything, any other personal aspect of your life. Like I've had to learn so much shit about corporate America. We talked about that shit in Bitch, I'm Black. What did we say? Bitch, I'm Black, corporate America? I fucked that up. I, bitch, mm-hmm. bitch, I'm Black. That's not it. Mm-mm. Corporate America, I'm Black as fuck. That's it. Mm-hmm. I'm Black. Like, I don't think <laughs> it should have been. You wanted to say bitch so bad. I did. It was like- I did, bro. I did. Mm-hmm. I, um- that damn corporate America. Really, y'all can tune into that episode and listen to all that <laughs> shit we had to say on that one. That's one of our earlier episodes, but it was it's actually one of our top listened to episodes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was really good. It's actually episode six, guys. Go listen to that. I would say in regards to work or corporate America, I think one we've hit on recently, so I won't belabor the point. But really, it was just about unlearning to um, say yes all the time mm-hmm. when you should say no. Mm-hmm. So self-care, set boundaries. We already talked about that. Point blank, period. Um, period. Then, so the other one that I would say, and I'm really, bi- I liked this one a lot. Like, when I was thinking about the things that I had to unlearn, I was like, ooh, yeah, that was a big one. Like, that was growth. So unlearning that professions are tied to genders oh so, exam best friend yeah, okay so like all nurses aren't women some are actually men and that's okay it's not weird and all software engineers aren't mm-hmm. men some are women i was one all executives aren't men and all administrative assistants aren't women Mm -hmm. so i feel like this is key and for a lot of people it might be like an aha moment for you if it is kudos if it's not and you're confused you your aha moment is coming because you can't go through life thinking that oh my nurse oh it's definitely gonna be a woman no like no 
Like, it's, that's, there's men, nurses out here. Um, so I think that was key. If you want to be, I don't know, I don't know, just, I don't even know what the word I'm looking for is. Just not ignorant. Like, don't say no dumb shit. Don't, be <laughs> like, don't just say some gender bias. If you don't want to always come off with this gender bias, please understand that not all these professions mean it's a woman or a man. Mm-hmm. Like, I have yet to see one, but I'm sure it exists. Like, I'm sure there's probably a woman plumber somewhere. Of course. I one, but I wish people would stop assuming that, oh, my assistant, it's a woman. Yeah. Oh, my doctor, it's a man. Oh, my boss, guy. Like, no. So <laughs> that's one thing. I think as I get older, the gender bias stuff is really getting on my nerves. So that would be the probably the biggest thing to learn for me. You know, what I would say to that is that we've talked about a lot. And really, there are some basic principles, Diz, that can be applicable to unlearning relational, you know, things, work things. We talked about religion, and we, we kind of talked about like that with the gen in that segment of like unlearning things that you were taught from a kid. There are really some things that you can just do that can apply to all those. So I wanted to share those with you guys and you and you too. So okay. <laughs> what I think is important, guys, firstly, unlearn. We talked about, uh, we already talked about unlearning lessons from your childhood. Okay, cool. Unlearning the rules of society. You have to be married by this time. Only women can do this job. Only men can take out the trash. Whatever. Then we get into gender roles. Un, uh, I know. Unlearn <laughs> the lies you told yourself. And so I want to expound upon that a little bit. So listen. Unlearn that negative self-talk that you tell yourself every day. I'm not enough. I don't have enough money. I'm never going to be anything. I'm a failure. Unlearn that shit. Because if you consistently are telling yourself that, you're just feeding, you know, what am I trying to say? You're feeding more of that negative-ass energy to yourself. Mm -hmm. And it's going to just continue to grow and fester. And so that's it. Unlearn negative self-talk. Okay? (laughs) So that's That's it. it. Unlearn the limits to who you are and who you can be. So many of us put limits on myself, like our, ourselves and myself. What the fuck? Glass ceilings. Take the glass ceilings. Kick that shit in. Say, oh, I'm only going to amount to this. I'll never make more than this amount of money. I'll never live in a house like that. I'll never have this job. My my music will never be heard by these amount of people. I'm always going to be a comedian that's just in a little local whatever. Kick that shit out. You can literally do whatever the fuck you put your mind to. That is so cliche, but that shit is so true because whatever you think of yourself, that is exactly what you're going to do. That's how you're going to act. That's how you're going to present yourself to the world. That's how you're going to present yourself to yourself. And if you're limiting yourself, like that, that's on you. Dummy, stop it. Okay. Um, unlearn. <laughs> Unle- Please go ahead. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Un- Unlearn those insecurities, which kind of ties to, you know, the limits of who you are. So we all have insecurities. Um, You know, we've all have over had to overcome those and like learn to love ourselves and learn to have self confidence. And I just feel like that's just really a big part of loving yourself, honestly. Like uh, understanding your insecurities, like head on, addressing them, and letting that shit go. So that's what I would say. And then. The most important for me, and Des, feel free to give yours, is unlearning the life sentence you gave yourself for your mistakes. Mm. Oh, I like that mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. So forgive yourself. Forgive yourself, yes. And forgive mm-hmm. other people. But most importantly, forgive yourself for the things that you may not have gotten right or you think you could have done differently or whatever. We all live and we learn. You always have a chance to do better. So. That would be my little nugget. Last two cents yeah, whatever. Last two cents. I am on one today. I need a nap. 
<laughs> my last two cents would be uh, <laughs> those were good those are really good i like them a lot yeah um unlearn having a goal of earning x amount of money mm-hmm. and learn that the real flex is being able to manage and flip x amount of money mm-hmm. that's run my life pretty well yep. um I I stopped having this goal of oh I'm gonna want to make X amount of money the you can make however much money you want to make can you save and manage mm-hmm. that same amount of money mm-hmm. and make it flip yeah um so that's one unlearn to learn um unlearn giving yourself what's left of your days and learn to feed yourself first and last oh, yeah, that's good um so I try to do this one as well so I try to make sure that I schedule time for myself Mm -hmm. so when I wake up I spend that time to myself when I go to sleep I spend that time to myself right before that so I don't I don't end my day giving somebody else my time Mm -hmm. like work or something like that Mm -hmm. I end my day for me and I'll start my day for me so before I do anything it's for me so learn to feed yourself first yep and last um I think we talked about this already. We've already talked about it. Um, unlearn feeling obligated um, and saying sorry for saying no. And learn that self-love and boundaries are okay to set and reinforce. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then my last thing, um, my if there was a number one thing I would say to learn and a number one thing to unlearn, mm-hmm. I would say to the number one thing I would want people to learn out over anything would probably be um, – that the only thing we can't get back is time. Oh, Lord. So unlearn that we have time because you truly don't. Yeah. So learn to make the most of your time at all times. That's so we, we get too comfortable and we think that, oh, we always have time. We always have time. You don't. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the number one thing I would say for people to unlearn is the idea that people owe you. Because um, nobody does. Mm-hmm. So stay humble. And for everything, be thankful. Oh, I love Because nobody that. really truly owes you anything. That is so yeah. good. Say that last part again, and then we're going to cut it off. Because that's just a, just a little <laughs> bit more inspiration. That was good to say it. Just <laughs> the, the last, last part, part again. Stay humble. Mm-hmm. And for everything, be thankful. Drops, Mike. remember what i said i was like what did i'm I so happy i can't let her down <laughs> yes thank you for not letting me down appreciate it. you're welcome <laughs> all right guys go do some unlearning and that's a wrap if you haven't already be sure to subscribe rate and follow us on our instagram and twitter and we'll see you guys on the next episode bye